0: Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Now, here's your host, Price Atkinson.
1: Welcome in to Episode 3 of Yards and Stripes. I'm your host, Price Atkinson, and it is here, folks. It is game week. It is officially game week in the college football season. While it did kick off last weekend, With a couple games, it really begins in earnest this week as both Army, Navy, and certainly Air Force, they are all three going to be in action this weekend starting Friday night. We're going to take a look at those three games coming up here very, very shortly. But what you'll hear this week, you'll hear Coach Ken Niamatololo, the head coach of the Navy Midshipmen, as we talk with all three head coaches now. Coach Niamatololo will be the third and final as we talk about his team getting ready for Holy Cross on Saturday. We'll bring you that interview. And then Brett Brigham, the beat writer for the Air Force Falcons, covers the Falcons for the Colorado Springs Gazette. You'll also hear that interview coming up. So locked and loaded with Navy and certainly Air Force as we've done a lot of Army the past couple weeks. It's spreaded around. The love has gone all the way through to all three teams as we are getting you ready for kickoff. which starts Friday night and then a pair of games on Saturday. But real quick, I want to let you know, Appreciate everybody tuning in and listening and downloading. If you haven't done so, give us a review. We'd love to have a review on iTunes. It's, excuse me, Apple Podcasts specifically uh, that you can listen to on your smartphone. Just search Yards and Stripes if you haven't already downloaded or subscribed. Just hit the little subscribe button right there. But would love a review. Writing a review makes it easier to find for other college football fans and certainly for fans of all three of our teams. So we'd love, love a review there. If you're a Android user, you can listen on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, many ways for you to listen to the podcast every single week. So check your favorite podcast app that you use to listen to all your podcasts Each week. Also coming up this week here in the very next segment actually is going to be uh, my power rankings that I start with every single season. Usually do it right before uh, kickoff of the opening week. I'll give you my power rankings on how I think these three teams line up to start the season. I'll do it again a little bit later. Usually once a month is how we do it. So you won't want to miss that. Also, uh, don't forget, coming up in our final segment, the Travis Mannion Foundation Honor Roll segment, where we honor and remember a fallen hero who has given their ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice to our country and for our freedom. So you won't want to miss that. And right now, check out our, our friends at, at the Travis Mannion Foundation because right now, TMF is ongoing with their 911 campaign ruck and run as you can join one in a local community near you. You can register online at travismannion.org to sign up for a 911 Heroes run. Again, in a local community near you, you can do a virtual run. There are different ways to do it, but check out Travis Mannion. Dot org to find out more about their Heroes Run, the 9-11 Heroes Run, uh, happening beginning next month, actually, early next month, in communities across the country as they are making a difference in local communities everywhere across the United States. That's org. So, again, we got a lot to do with Navy Head Coach Ken Niamatololo, Brent Brigaman from the Colorado Springs Gazette, Power rankings and the TMF honor roll. Whole lot to do, man. As we get ready for kickoff, but first, I want to tell you about these three openers, real quick. Army going to be opening the season this Friday night, six p.m. They're going to take on the Rice Owls, who who slumped to a two and eleven record in Mike Bloomgren's first season. Uh, With the Owls, they won their season opener and they won their season finale. That's how they chalked it up to a 2-11 mark. They're going to come to Mikey Stadium again, a kickoff at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That will be live on the CBS Sports Network. You won't want to miss that one as Friday night football is going to be going on, obviously, Thursday night this week. But also Friday Friday night, there'll be a lot of games in action. But Army and Rice from Mikey Stadium. Right there at 6 o'clock, CBS Sports Net. You need tickets, just go to the Army Sports website. There are still tickets that remain for that football game on Friday night. Saturday afternoon, out in Colorado Springs, the Air Force Falcons hosting Colgate a 1.30 p.m. local kickoff, Mountain Standard Time, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Air Force hosting Colgate as home openers for the Falcons have been a good thing as they've got a streak going back several years, but Colgate ranked number 13 in the FCS. They're going to come into Falcon Stadium already with an 0-1 record as they fell to Villanova last weekend on the road, 34-14 th- in the first college football game of the season. Colgate, who was who led the FCS last year in total defense, didn't even trail a football game until their 10th game of the season last year, which honestly uh, actually was against Army. Um, they, the Colgate Red Raiders, they will come into this game with an 0-1 record as they were tied with Villanova 0-0 after one quarter, but the Wildcats erupted for 27 unanswered points in the second quarter to take a 27 nothing lead as they would not look back in dispatching Colgate 34-14. to But that's going to be a one thirty p.m. kickoff Saturday afternoon, Mountain Standard time there uh, at Falcon Stadium. And finally, the Navy midshipmen, they'll be hosting the Holy Cross Crusaders. The Crusaders last year, uh, putting up a five and six mark as they won, their, they started one and four but won their last four to get to five and six. This game at three thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time from Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. It's going to be a three thirty p.m. kickoff, and I don't think Navy will have much of a trouble uh, in this one. Nor do I think Rice or Army is going to have much trouble with Rice. I do think Colgate could could give Air Force a tussle on Saturday, but uh, we will see how it all plays out. But again, Holy Cross and Navy three thirty p.m. kickoff from Navy. Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. All right, I want to go through the power rankings because I've done it the past couple seasons in the preseason, and then have typically done it as we've moved along through the college football season, basically once a month in uh, kind of going through and putting the teams three, two, one, one, two, three, whatever order you want to pick it. I'm going to start three, two, one in, in terms of how I rank these teams in the power order, uh, so to speak, for Service Academy football. And number three, I'll start with the Navy Midshipmen. Obviously, coming off a three and ten season last year, not ideal. They miss out on a bowl game for only the second time since coach Kenney and who you'll hear from coming up here in the next segment since he took over uh, from Paul Johnson but you know coming off that three and ten season there are a lot to be optimistic about uh, certainly the the coaching changes that they made defensively Brian Norwood the new defensive coordinator uh, a bunch of new faces on that staff i believe seven in total but you know Malcolm Perry I do believe is the most electric player in college football certainly when it comes to service academy football there's nobody that can do what he does with the ball in his hands with all due respect to some of the other players uh, from air force and army malcolm perry's electric but it takes other guys obviously as we know all around him uh, to get the job done and so the 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 navy defense i'm wondering to see if how much growing pains are going to be in this new system Certainly, um, Navy's got some new faces up front that they've got to replace on the offensive line. Uh, so I think there's some more questions there with Navy. They finished 3-10. and 10. They, they they lost to our Air Force and Army last season. So I'm going to start with Navy at number three in the power rankings. Number two, I'm going to go out to Colorado Springs and put Air Force in that number two slot. Obviously, that leaves Army number one, but real quick on Air Force. I think that the the amount of experience and we'll talk with Brent Brighaman here coming up in the next segment, actually after we talk with Coach Niamatololo, but you'll hear from Brent Brighaman here in just a little bit, uh, the beat rider for the Falcons. I think that there's a ton of experience here for Troy Calhoun's team. I think they're hungry. The biggest thing they're gonna have to do is go on the road and go to Annapolis for that first Service Academy matchup, that first Saturday in October. So you could say, well, that probably should give Navy the leg up. Well, at least for the start, for the start on the, our power rankings, I'm going to go with Air Force in the number two slot. I think they've got more two more than capable guys, in DJ Hammond and Isaiah Sanders at 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 quarterback. They've got some guys back on the offensive line. I do think that the attrition that they've had to endure through a couple suspensions and guys who are out indefinitely, we don't know how long. Uh, especially Joseph Saucier and Cole Fagan, a couple uh, running backs, a fullback, and a slot back. That those are big losses. Still, I think defensively, what Air Force can do up front, I think they're going to be better than they certainly were last year, where they ranked in, I uh, believe it was 89th in pass defense. They had trouble getting a pass rush, and they also had trouble picking off passes. But I think that's going to change. The secondary is largely backed intact without many losses due to graduation. I think Air Force is going to be, no doubt about it, they're going to be bowl eligible. Just how many wins, and I asked Brent Brigham about it coming up. You'll be interested to hear his answer. But I think that Air Force right now – I think they sit right now at second in, in my mind in the power rankings. And certainly, no question about it, a top service academy football, number one in the power rankings, the Air Force Black Knights. Uh, what Jeff Munkin's team did last year, just certainly a record setting season, winning 11 games. But that was last season. We all know that. Each season does not carry over. You get some momentum, and that's about the only thing that carries over from one campaign to another. Kelvin Hopkins Jr. is back. Connor Slomka is going to be their featured ball carrier. You've got help up front. I think defensively, they're going to take a little bit of a step back. No doubt about it. Jay Bateman gone to the University of North Carolina as Mac Brown's new defensive coordinator. However, I don't think they're going to miss much of a beat with John Luce moving up and taking that D.C. title. I think they are going to take a little step back defensively. I don't know if you're going to quite see what Army was the last couple of seasons. Maybe they will. But I, regardless, even if they do take a step back, that offense has a chance to be better than it was last year, especially with Kelvin Hopkins Jr. back for his senior season and what he can do, not just running the football, not just taking care of the football, but also throwing the football. I think it's going to be Army's to lose again. But the first month of the season will tell us a good bit, and they'll kick off the season against Rice coming up uh, this Friday night. But that's how I see him stacking up in the preseason power rankings. Army one, Air Force two the Naval Academy, number three. That'll change, I'm sure, as we move through the season, and we'll go through it again in about a month from now. But as we get ready for kickoff, coming up next, the head coach of the Navy midshipman, Ken Amatololo is going to join us to tell us about his team, what he's seen through fall camp, as they get ready to welcome the Holy Cross Crusaders to Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium this Saturday afternoon. Coach Ken Amatololo is coming up next, right here on Yards and Stripes.
0: Travis Mannion Foundation unites communities to strengthen America's national character by empowering veterans and families of fallen heroes to develop and lead future generations. Through their 9-11 Heroes Run 5K race series, TMF unites communities across the country and around the world to honor the sacrifices of September 11th and the wars since. Register to run, walk, or rock at a race near you or as a virtual runner by visiting 911heroesrun.org. The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes Service Academy football. Here again is Price Atkinson.
1: All right, episode number three, season three of Yards and Stripes. And we're rolling right along. And after we talked with Coach Munkin and Coach Calhoun in the past two weeks, we're going to go up to Annapolis and talk with my friend, Coach Ken Niamatololo, getting ready for his 12th full season at the helm of the Navy midshipman and coach. Welcome back in. It's great to uh to catch up with you. Is it's game week? It's finally here. I know you're ready to hit somebody else uh, besides yourselves after uh, what was probably a long August camp.
2: Yeah, it's uh yeah, great to talk to you too, Price. But yeah, it's uh you know, camps are always long, uh and you're always excited to see what you got and like you said it's it's week 1 and I know our guys are excited to go out there and hit somebody else but it's uh, it's been a good camp
1: before uh, we get to your team and getting ready for holy cross on saturday one thing i wanted to ask you about is uh you know the opportunity to surprise your son with the uh the video that went viral and you know is your son's uh you know at, at the university of utah playing on the football team there and you know the chance to be able to put put that together and be able to tell your son that he's going from walk-on to a scholarship how how special was that for you to be able to play a hand in that
2: uh, just very grateful, you know, Kyle, Coach Witten and I are, you know, really good friends, known each other for many years, and when their creative team called to ask if, you know, we'd be willing to do that, obviously, I was ecstatic, and we were excited, I, you know, told my wife, but really excited that my team, you know, we were able to do that, and they were very gracious in allowing me to, you know, kind of set that up for him, but it was it was definitely a special moment.
1: Yeah. Well, let's get to your team and you know, I know coming off that 3 and 10 season last year it certainly didn't sit well. You made some changes to your coaching staff um, very shortly after the season and, and just want to get to some of that because with adding seven new assistants, I know it's uh changed up maybe the dynamics in the meeting room, which obviously that was the goal um and certainly to translate on the field, but you know, how have some of these new faces and these the new folks on your staff, especially on the defensive side of the football where you did make Uh, so many changes coming off the you know the season you know and how is it how is everything the relationship between the guys and and your new coaching your new coaches especially you know coach Norwood on the defensive staff going through spring ball and now August camp
2: I couldn't be more pleased and just you know they're really good football coaches but they're better people and so the transition went really well you know those are always hard decisions I think start because we have had hardly any turnover here yep. for for many years, and probably you know, continuity-wise, probably the most you know, tenured staff in the country. So that was hard. Um, but the guys that we brought in, just really excited about them uh, from a schematic standpoint, from a cultural standpoint, but also as people. You I mean just uh, just really happy who they are. They're going to fit into what we do. You know, yes, we're football coaches, but we're also, you know, helping to develop leaders for our country, and uh, they're all great fits.
1: Absolutely. Talking with Coach Ken Niamatololo, the head coach of the Navy Midshipmen, again, getting ready for Holy Cross this weekend. But, you know, Brian Newberry, your new defensive coordinator, you bring him up from Kennesaw State, uh, who they, uh, what they did defensively during his time at Kennesaw State, uh, ranked as one, I believe, one of the top 10 and most defensive categories um, at the FCS level, you know, bringing what more of a 4-2-5 alignment. I'm sure it's going to be multiple, but kind of moving to a little bit uh, of a playmaking and attacking style defense, you know, talk about just the di- the difference in the change. I know personalities brings a lot of fire, you know, but some of the system changes that he specifically is bringing to the defensive side.
2: Well, he's very creative, you know, he's got a creative mind. Uh, I love his schemes. I love what he does. Um, you know, so from a schematic standpoint, I really like what he does just, you know, just uh, just a lot. I mean, great—he's an innovator, so he's got great ideas that way. But also culturally, the way he teaches, his philosophy, um, great teacher. He's a good person. You know, and I just like I said, there are some coaches that are good coaches, but I was looking for the total package, and I feel like we hit a home run with Brian Newberry. Just he hits everything that I was looking for. I knew schematically I wanted to do what he did, but just the more I got to know him. Great leader of men, great person, and, uh, and um, I can't. I'm super excited to see our defense.
1: And I thought it was interesting uh, where I read, I believe it was Bill White, one of Bill Wagner's pieces, and and you may have mentioned it, but I believe that uh, Bill referred to as you know Brian Newberry is that um, you know the Army coaching staff, one one of their uh, coaches had had kind of I don't want to say endorsed the hire. That's not the way to put it, but had had said suggested his name as being a good fit.
2: Well, he knows. I mean, it's such a small circle. Sure, sure. Almost so different guys know different people.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, how about Billy Ray Stuntsman? Uh, you, he comes from Hawaii, had a prolific playing career uh, there at Hawaii. Obviously, a grad like yourself, uh, now a member of the staff, and you bring him in to help improve the passing game, which obviously I know you want to get jump-started. But, you know, to to bring in some of those run-and-shoot you know, principles, um, you know, that they have in Hawaii. And nobody's a stranger. We saw them in week one this week uh, or week zero already, but also last season, the, the, the kind of numbers and yardage. I mean, you watched it firsthand when you guys played there uh, just recently. But bringing that to the offensive side, specifically, specifically to the option that you guys run, because you might think run and shoot option two totally different, but they actually fit very well together.
2: Well, it's just, you know, the thing is just how do you practice it? How do you know it's sometimes, you know, you practice a lot of different things. It's hard to have an and you don't get an identity. And, you know, if you try to be trying to be good at something forces you to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, so the, our biggest thing is just uh, allocating our time to make sure we don't get away from being an option football team that we are but spending enough time in all of that stuff so we can be fishing at it. And so the great thing that Billy Ray has brought is just different ideas, ideas that could help us. Uh, you know, obviously we're not going to go wholeheartedly run and shoot, but <laughs> um, just his ideas and where he comes from. He comes from a do- totally different mindset from us. It's kind of opened up our thought process. And But the big thing is just making sure we stay true to who we are uh, by adding this to... Hopefully, enhance not just our passing game, but our whole offense and just make us more efficient.
1: All right uh, you said after the season you know that that the changing of quarterbacks was just it, it was on you that that was not in hindsight it was not the best move um Malcolm Perry starts the season obviously zach abe had had played a lot and uh Garrett Lewis had his turn uh you know due to some injuries, but you know Malcolm is back it's now Malcolms how much is it now that Malcolm Perry you, he's going to be the guy not going to be rotating to give him that kind of focus now that he knows he doesn't need to you know be in the b back or the, or the slot backs room, he, you know, he's focused on one job this season. How, has that made a difference to him in his preparation and what you've seen on the field?
2: Uh, definitely. I mean, that's any position. I mean, you can't yeah. have a guy going back and forth, sure. especially the quarterback. And so, you know, just looked at, you know, it's easy to blame the players for stuff, but I look back and it had nothing to do with, you know, Zach or Garrett, not sure. saying that they were bad players, but you can't go back and forth and keep changing and just, uh, you know, probably handcuffed Malcolm in doing that, and so those are the things that you look, go back and look at. Just, you know, when you have a guy stick with him, you know, try to make uh, surround him with uh, some tools, whether it's playing plays that you run or players to try to help him, and uh, just those are the kind of things that we had to look at from a management standpoint, how we put things together, and you know, we definitely had to improve on that, and so. And that started with me, Price. I yeah. I just, uh, should have just should should
1: have stuck with them. You yeah.
2: know, it, it, those are all tough games. But it's it's always a thing. Hey, it's the quarterback's fault. But in football, there's a lot of people that got to play better.
1: Sure. All right. Uh, staying on the offensive side of the football, real quick. I want to ask you about the b back spot because. Uh, you know, I, you don't want to prioritize I – mean, prioritize wrong word, but you, you, you're looking for a horse sometimes at that B-back spot, right? You know, a fullback who can carry the football. Take take some of that pressure off the quarterback, and we know that, you know, the quarterbacks are the central focus of the triple option because they're the one to pull the strings. But, you know, the last couple of years, you know, it seems like you haven't had that workhorse at the fullback spot. Like, you know, an Eric Catani has not been there, a Kyle Eckle, Those guys are really good players. They're different. But, you know, trying to find a guy – and injuries, I know, have played a part into some of the ones as well as that you had identified. But, you know, get finding that guy that can kind of take on the workload that some of those other players had at that position over the years, how important is that to find a guy at that central spot uh, in this option offense to help Malcolm out?
2: Well, you know, fullback's obviously very important. Um, you know, our starter's been Nelson. You know, we've tried to push Nelson because he's a talented kid and is to recognize that, you know, we're counting on him to be our workhorse and our and our leader, that he's gotta work at a high level. Uh I thought he had a good camp. You know, as you know, has progressed and improved. He'll be backed up by James Harris. Uh, excuse me, Isaac Ruas and, and James Harris and all of those guys have done a good job. And I feel like it's probably as deep of a fullback group that we've had. Um, and those three guys are guys who are gonna compete compete and uh, like you said, though, we we have to get some production out of that out of that, out of that position.
1: All right, as you get ready for Holy Cross Saturday, 3:30 p.m. kickoff at Navy-Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. You know, when you look at Holy Cross on film, I know that they struggled a little bit last year, five and six. I think they were one and six before they won four straight to end the season. You know, what have you seen, you know, on film from Holy Cross? What are you expecting out of them? And then, you know, what is it that you want to see out of your team? What's the most important thing for you to see out of the midshipmen on Saturday? I know winning, obviously, a part of it. But, you know, what is it that you're looking for out of your team on Saturday?
2: Well, it's you know, we're still the Naval Academy. We're never going to be – Bigger than anybody we play, and we still are who we are. And so our mindset is, you know, we got to re- reestablish ourselves. You know, we um, we're a proud program, and you know, we have, this has been a long off season, like you said, and everybody's ready to get this bad taste out of our mouth. And it starts with the first game, and we know that Holy Cross is going to come here and play hard and give us everything that they got. I Just want to make sure that we play well. Yep. you know, what I mean, that's our, our biggest thing is just to make sure that we play Navy football, play physical, play smart, take care of the ball, and you know, that's that's who we are, and that's yep. my biggest thing to just make sure we play Navy football.
1: All right, last question before I let you go. The I know the bye week comes after this opener against uh, Holy Cross, and then you have another bye week. You have a uh, Holy Cross, the bye week, East Carolina, and another bye week. You know, looking at the schedule, it really didn't hit me until today that you actually technically only play two games in the month of September. I know it lays out you have another one a little bit later in the season for Army, but you know, does it does it make it kind of tough? Do you like having an early bye week, maybe with some of the new members of the coaching staff to give you a little bit more time on some things that you guys have put in, or is having two bye weeks that early just you know not a fan of that?
2: A lot better. Like our, our our schedule, a lot better than it did last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm definitely I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely fine with that. You know, we're not traveling halfway around the world, so right. But it's good, but I said we're we're definitely okay with it. So, as I look at this, you know, price, I, I feel like it's an advantage for us. And sure. So we got to get off to a great start and. So I'm I'm excited about our schedule.
1: Well, Kenny, can't wait to see you guys play on Saturday against Holy Cross. As always, we appreciate your friendship and and the time on the phone as you get ready to kick off on Saturday. I appreciate everything, Kenny. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: All right, Price. That was, was great talking to you, bro. Take care.
1: Head coach, Ken Niamatololo, again, uh, he's very soft-spoken, but he's anything but soft-spoken on the sideline, and Navy fans certainly know that. But when we come back, turn the page, we're going to go to talk about the Air Force Falcons. Brent Brighaman is going to join us, the beat writer for the Colorado Springs Gazette. He's coming up next right here on Yards and Stripes.
0: It's everything you need to know about Service Academy football. Yards and Stripes continues. Here again is Price Atkinson.
1: All right, welcome back in episode three, Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. I'm excited to talk with Brent Brigham and Good friend out in Colorado Springs, the beat writer for the Falcons at the Colorado Springs Gazette. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Brent Brigaman. He was out at uh, Las Vegas for Mountain West Conference Media Days. and certainly been all around the program as Troy Calhoun's team gets ready to open up against Colgate this Saturday afternoon. And Brent, let's start really just out of the gate. What has August camp kind of brought? Because you know he plays a lot of bodies. He plays a lot of musical chairs. He doesn't also, in terms of Troy Calhoun, tip his hand. What has just been your kind of pulse as we're now at game week after uh, August camp for the Falcons?
3: Well, I think, you know, contrary to what Troy Calhoun's been saying about this being a young team, it, this you really look position by position, and there is a lot of experience. And guys have looked really good this camp. You know, there have really only been a few positions that have been totally open. I think cornerback has been one uh, spot on the defensive line and then that Z receiver, their slot receiver spot that kind of doubles as a receiver and running back. Those have had a lot of competition, but other than that, you've just seen veteran players just kind of honing their skills and, and getting ready for the season, which is, has been a departure. The last two years, there have been a, lot, been a lot of flux with the roster and young players coming in. This year is a little bit different. I think they're, they're ready. To, they found their guys. Now they're ready to actually compete again.
1: Well, let's go right there because roster not not really in flux, like you said. It's you know been pretty steady with a lot of experience. But I mean, you had a report last week and a story uh, on the uh, at the Gazette. You know that uh, David Cormier, uh, one of two wide receivers, along with Brandon Lewis, uh, are now quote, not in good standing, end quote, with the academy. They will not be able to play this season because of their loss in status, and you cannot represent uh, the Air Force Academy in any official capacity. That's a hit, Uh, obviously just happening last week. You know that Cole Fagan and Joseph Saucier were going to be out anyway, but, you know, how about that news last week? I mean, you broke it. Uh, how much has that affected this team in a in a wide receiver spot where outside of Sanders, there is no there is no experience.
3: Yeah. Well, first of all, it, there hasn't been the report that it's going to be for the full season okay. just yet. It's, uh, with these situations, we never they never give us uh, the full picture of what's going on. Right. It could have been an affection that happened in in May, for all we know, and they've already served a probationary period, and they're about to recu- you know get their full status back. So this could be a game. It okay. could be a season. We really don't know. It is. Cormier is a big hit. I mean, he is, a, he's 6'3", 220. One of those, he's a Jalen Robinette type, came in as a basketball player, football player, just a tremendous athlete. The, the one silver lining there is they do have Gerard Sanders, who's a very similar type player, similar body type. He's a senior. He's been around. So as long as Sanders stays healthy, which has been an issue for him, they they really won't suffer a huge hit there because Air Force doesn't need a ton of depth at receiver, obviously, yeah. when you're only throwing as often as they do. So as long as Sanders is around, that's certainly a hit they can withstand. And Brandon Lewis, you know, he's a guy, he played a lot as a freshman last year, which says a lot about him. It also says a lot about the depth they had at that position. I think they're a little stronger now at that spot. They've got a kid, Ben Waters, who's a senior. who's He's from a program in Denver, Ballard Christian, that's by far and away the best program in the state of colorado they had the McCaffrey brothers they've just been a a machine and he came out of that program and like i said he switched from defense to offense he's he's at that spot now ready to play and then ben peterson seems to be the guy who will probably start and he's uh he's kind of perfect for that role he's about five eight uh maybe 185 really stoutly built really quick he was a kid in high school who just dominated he played some wildcat quarterback Played a little bit of everything, just a good all-around athlete. So there's guys at those spots, but yeah, you never want to lose the person that might have been the top on the depth chart. But, but Air Force's program, you know, there's so many numbers there yeah. that I think they, they can take those hits, you know, even, even Cole Fagan, you know, he, he's been gone for a while now, but he ran for 997 yards last year mm-hmm. and they, you know, they're just able to kind of go, you know, without, you know, losing anything in their steps. So it's, again, that's, that's where the numbers come in handy. And that's why every signing day, I'm doing bios on 110 guys who they're <laughs> bringing in to the program and to the prep school because there's no scholarship limits because you're not on scholarship. Nobody pays to go to an academy. And this is kind of where those pay off because there is a lot of attrition. You know, some guys leave, some guys stay, but like, you know, lose their cadet status. So there's a lot that happens. But So those four spots aside, and those are pretty big four, four spots, I think they still have, like I said, that slot receiver position is one that's, they're going to be a total newcomer, whoever gets that position. But everywhere else has quite a bit of experience coming back.
1: All right, continue with Brent Brigham from the Gazette in Colorado Springs. Check out all his outstanding Air Force coverage at Gazette.com. Also, follow him on Twitter at Brent Brigham. In. All right, starting quarterback, it's obviously a big topic in at, at any program, and it's a topic around Air Force football because you got two more than capable guys in Isaiah Sanders, the senior, and, and DJ Hammond who came in and, and was – really really good last year um we know Troy Calhoun is not (laughs) scared to make a move we saw him uh, bench Erion Worthman and basically go with those two guys the rest of the way you know he's uh, he's not saying anything both guys have gotten first team reps what's your read on this quarterback situation who do you think is going to trot out first and who do you think ultimately is going to go most of the way
3: well you'll be the first to hear it uh it's going to be Donald Hammond that. I got when they were they were told late last week that, that uh, that's where they're going to go, so which is not a surprise at all, but i, I do I do understand the thinking that you know when you 've got a guy like Isaiah Sanders and his you look at the last two years his game against Utah State in two thousand sixteen mm-hmm. and then UNLV and Boise State last year those were three of the better quarterback games the Air Force has had in the past you know you name it five, six years yep. it's certainly in the, they, they all rank in the top ten. And so, and he's he's such a bright kid. He's local. He's soft spoken. He's just a great leader. He's gonna. I mean, he's he's near the top of his class. Like he is. He's a perfect cadet. And so, having him as a backup is pretty much the ideal situation. Because if something does happen with Donald Hammond, you've got a guy who knows what he's doing. But I think with Donald Hammond, the ceiling is just so much higher. You know, his skill set, his arm, his power as a runner. And he's also a very cerebral guy. He's an aeronautical engineering major. Mm -hmm. So he brings a lot to the table. So it's Donald Hammond who's going to run the show. I do think Sanders will play. I think especially in the opener, if they can get a big lead against Colgate, uh, Sanders will get a lot of reps. And I think I would assume they're going to be wise with that position because they've just seen guys wear down with too many carries. And so if there's ever a game that's out of hand one way or the other, I don't think they'll hesitate to – to make a move and, you know, kind of like preserving a pitcher, just letting him, letting Donald Hammond, not withstand that many hits, especially when you've got a guy waiting there. Who's, who's very capable of playing that the position. But I think it really lays out perfectly when you've got a guy with the talent of Hammond. And then the, again, the experience at a backup spot with a really smart kid. I just think it's kind of the perfect storm right now for air force quarterback.
1: Yeah. Big news right there. And the DJ Hammond will be the guy is, um e- is Hammond's arm? Do you think that's one of the things that just ultimately, you know, from your side, just looking at, is that kind of one of the things that just separates the two? Because we, you know, both can run the football. Sanders more than, I mean, outstanding in the run game, but Hammond's size, that live big arm that he's got, is that kind of? Do you think, in your opinion, maybe the thing that made the difference? It just gives him another dimension.
3: I do think so. Yeah, I mean his his arm strength, his his quickness of release. I mean, he's almost. It's like Dan Marino. He's got the sidearm, just really quick release, but he just zips it. It's really hard to explain his mechanics. It, it's like a flick of the wrist, but yet the ball just ticks off. And so it's also, he just looks like the kind of kid who's playing in the backyard. You know, he can make plays out of nothing. He can improvise. And nobody's ever out of the out of the play. If you're 50 yards downfield, he can zip it to you. But he's also just a very strong runner. Yeah. Isaiah Sanders is quick and he understands the offense, but I guarantee you, you pull defenders. They would much rather try to tackle Isaiah Sanders than get in Donald Hammond's way. He's just a, he's just a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. And I think all of that kind of wraps into making him a better quarterback. But again, Isaiah Sanders has shown he can do it. But then we see a game like army last year, Sanders played the first half and air force just got nothing going. Hammond came in, they scored two touchdowns lost by a field goal. It made it a game. And when you saw that contrast in the same game on you know, on the same field, same defense, it was just clear that Hammond can just do something. There's just something about him that, that nobody else has on that roster, including Isaiah Sanders.
1: All right, let's talk about defense because Air Force last season, they were really good when it comes to total defense, especially in the run game. But the passing game lack of a pass rush and the fact they just couldn 't get any kind of uh, interception, they could not get any takeaways uh, when it came to the secondary you got most of the all the secondary back outside of i think one you know really one guy at a key starting spot at defensive back. Your, your, your defensive line, led by Jordan Jackson, a prototypical defensive end, all Mountain West for former preseason all Mountain West, again, obviously Fafita is you know, a little bit abnormal in the middle and just with his size that he gives the academy. But the ability to get that pass rush this year in the experience, albeit while they got picked on last year in the secondary, they've got a lot of guys back. How much better do you think off or defensively Air Force is going to be, especially in the passing game?
3: See, I think it's going to be a lot better. I think there's two key players there. I mean, obviously Jordan Jackson, he is what he is. He's he's an anomaly for Air Force. He's 6'5", 280. I mean, he he is a star for Air Force. But you knew that coming in. You knew what you had there. I think Lakota Wills is the real big X factor. He's the outside linebacker. He also played with Jordan Jackson as a freshman. And then coming into last year, I thought he was going to have a huge year. But he just kept having injuries. He had a high ankle sprain. He uh, broke a bone in his hand. I believe it was just different, different things that kept him out and it kept him a little bit less effective when he was in there. But if you get those two guys on opposite ends, that's a lot to deal with in terms of pass rush. And then, yeah, you get some, some pressure from Fajita, but he's more of the, uh, just the run stopper in the middle to kind of sure things up there. But if you can get the two edge guys with Jackson and Wills, I think that's huge. The, the big guy in the secondary is Trey bug. He, uh, he was a sophomore last year. He got into the starting lineup, and, and he played okay, but he wasn't a standout. But you watch him in camp, and he's just he's breaking on balls, picking off passes. He's just a playmaker, and he was a three-star recruit coming in, so you always knew that ability was there. And I think now you kind of combine a little more size and strength with him, with some experience, and he's he's just ready for a breakout year. So I think I think his play at corner is going to be huge. The other cornerback spot has been a lot. Has seen a lot of competition. I think Zane Lewis will ultimately play. Mm-hmm. He played last year, and he's one of the better corners. And then the safeties, you not only have everybody back, you've gained some people because James Jones didn't play last year after starting as a sophomore because he blew out his knee. He's back in the mix. He'll play some corners, some safety. Grant Keel was kind of an injury replacement late in the year last year and played really well. Yep. So now they've got to find a spot for him. But the two stars back there, Jeremy Fedgelin and Garrett Coppola, are established starters so i think just that experience will help but again you know they did struggle last year and these are the same guys and so you kind of always wonder well you know is anything going to change but i think the nature of the academies how much harder things are earlier and then how much easier it gets for you just physically as you become a senior i think the just the, the off the field workload will be less for them so they'll be able to concentrate a little more be a little more fresh in games and And I just think knowing what they're doing will help them a little bit more. So, but I think, yeah, I think that pass rush, Trey Bud can play like I think he can. And then those safeties can kind of be themselves. I think it could be a very, very improved secondary.
1: All right. uh, As the Falcons get ready for Colgate, this is a Colgate team that uh, a lot of people are going to see FCS uh, next to their name, but this is an FCS program, 10 and two last year. Uh, They're going to give air force, in my opinion, all they want on Saturday, but you, you keys to this season you know getting past you know Colgate and obviously I want to ask you about Colorado here in a little bit and getting them back on the schedule but I mean the keys to the season what are the most important things two three keys for Air Force this season to obviously experience the kind of success they want and I think success would be getting back to a bowl game which they missed the last two years right and then uh, also how do you best case scenario how do you see this season playing out for the Falcons
3: you know I of course, everybody asks me that. Yeah, I never know what to tell people this year because I do think Air Force is much improved talent-wise. And yeah. I think Donald Hammond is the right quarterback for that system. I think, you know, even though they've lost those playmakers with those four guys, I think they've got a lot of talent in the skill spots and their defense is going to be better. I think it's a much better team. But then you look at that scheduling and just think, well, how does that translate? Because they do go to Colorado, which is, you know, it's a bottom-tier bottom Pac-12 team, but it's still... Power Five talent, and then you know Fresno State comes to town. They go to Hawaii. They go to Boise. Uh, you know they host Utah State. They go to CSU. There's so many of those games that Air Force could very well win, but you could also very well see them losing even with a better team. So it, it is just one of those. It's a. It's not the daunting schedule Troy Calhoun makes it sound like. I mean <laughs> they don't go to Michigan or Michigan State, and you know I don't think there's a dominant team in the in the Mountain West because even Fresno. As good as they've been, they lose a lot of players, including quarterback. So they could be down a little bit, but it's just one of those, you go week by week. And aside from maybe San Jose coming into town, there's really not a spot on the schedule where you, you can just automatically chalk up a victory. Even New Mexico, as bad as they're probably going to be again, Air Force has to go there. And the last four times they played New Mexico outside of the state of Colorado, they've given up 45 points. So, you never know. I think it's going to be a good team. I think it'll get itself into a bowl game, but I don't, I could see it. I mean, I could see an 11 one record. I could see six and six and, and anything in between. So (laughs) I think the key is just going to be Donald Hammond improving and staying healthy. I think, like I said, Lakota Wills and Jordan Jackson having dominant seasons on the defense. I think if those things fall into place, a lot of these games will fall their way, but you know, you take any of those, factors out and suddenly you know you could be looking at five and seven again
1: yeah all right uh colorado's back on the schedule you reference that what's first time i believe what 41 42 years it's been a long long time since the buffs were on the schedule how much excitement is there around the program, around Colorado Springs, to have that game back again? Because you get to play both Colorado and Colorado State, like you mentioned. And also, I was curious about what Troy Calhoun uh, said last week, and you mentioned in your story how he, he mused about it. But, you know, in talking about the schedule, a couple by weeks, so uh, a bye week, in fact, right after the Colgate game, you know, he kind of joked about leaving the Mountain West and or becoming an independent, joining another conference. I mean, did you read – were you reading too much into that, or do you think, hmm, is there something really there?
3: Well, I mean, well, first of all, Troy Calhoun, of course, doesn't make that determination. <laughs> that's that's a, correct. That's correct. athletic sure. that administration. But right. he has a way – he chooses his words very wisely. He always <laughs> knows what he's saying. <laughs> yep. And for him to drop – and he dropped that reference more than once at that event, and that event was – well covered by all the state media yeah. and he made a made a point to say that a couple of times so clearly he's stating a preference he wants to get out of the mountain west he will otherwise would not say that you know i don't know that that's going to actually happen It yeah. was big news this summer you know when uconn left the american athletic conference that they the assumption was that they would be replaced and if they were air force was always one of the top three names and you know it it as weird as it sounds geographically it really doesn't it's not that much of an outlier because they'd be playing against teams in the in the uh, Midwest, in the central time zone, all pretty short flights, you know, Tulsa, Memphis, yep. Houston, places like that. So they really would fit. And then you would have a conference game against Navy at least every other year because, you know, they would be in the different, different division, but then it would free up Air Force's schedule a little bit to do some more things with a non-conference. So I can see where Troy Calhoun's coming from and it's a, it's a league with a lot bigger payout. So there would be, some financial incentive too but the big thing with Air Force is what do you do with the other 26 sports at the academy so yep. that's a whole other discussion but but the fact that Troy Calhoun was kind of planting that seed was kind of telling about where he's coming from um, but in terms of the excitement over the Colorado game you know I think the media is very into this you know I haven't been stopped on the street by people who uh sure. who were really into that game I think there's obviously a lot of Colorado fans in the Colorado Springs area and I think they'll be interested but I don't I don't think it's the you know it, just because of the newness of it, it it's not like an established rivalry it's been 45 years since they've played I think people are intrigued by it but not crazy excited but I do think it's a fun thing for the state to have this will be the only time they all three play cuz after this year CSU and CU won't play anymore and then it's a year I believe it's like a two year gap between Air Force and CU playing. So this is only the second time it's ever happened and first time in 50 years that they'll all play around Robin. So I think that's really cool and I think I think that'll be fun as the season goes on and these games are all played but it's a fun little side story but if you're around Air Force fans it's still all about beating Army and Navy seeing what they can do in the conference but this is just a nice little side, side attraction to add to the, to the intrigue of the season.
1: All right, Brent, tell everybody uh, what you got this week uh, ahead of the game, the opener against Colgate on Saturday, where they can find everything, all your coverage all season long regarding Air Force football.
3: Yeah. We'll just come to gazette.com. We have written pretty much daily through August camp and a lot of just fun personalities on this team. And I've just been able to take some time and just kind of go player by player and just kind of introduce them and see what they bring and, everybody, of course, the Academy has a different side story of how they got there, you know, and, and the things they have going on off the field. I mean, there's, it's always, it's always intriguing to talk to these cadets. And so we'll have more of that leading up. There's going to be one, I'm hoping to get it a very interesting story on fullback Taven Bordeaux and his family situation. Uh, you'll, you you will not want to miss that. I mean, it's going to be a pretty special parents weekend for him. And other than that, yeah, just preparing for this game. I mean, Colgate, they lost to Villanova last week by a couple of touchdowns, which uh, kind of took some of the some of the lustre off of that game. But yep. It is a ran- FCS team with an experienced quarterback. They do lose, I think, all but one of their front seven on defense, which is going to be a, you know that's a huge hit when you're playing Air Force's offense. So I don't think it's going to be a game Air Force could lose, but I do think they'll get a challenge. They may have to keep their starters in, you know, into the fourth quarter. But I I, I do think that's that's a victory for Air Force. But, you know, we'll see. So we'll take a look at Colgate and uh, just, yeah, continue telling stories of the Air Force team as they uh, start to get into game action. And then we kind of transition into the the daily changes and injuries and everything else that comes with the season. But right now we're still kind of on that fun camp you know, the camp schedule where we're, like I said, getting to know all
1: these players. Yep. At Brent Brighaman on Twitter and make sure go to Gazette.com. Look, Brent, always appreciate the time. Can't wait to see you on the road this season, my man. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Again, that's Brent Brighaman, the beat writer for Air Force at the Colorado Springs Gazette. As he wrote about it earlier this week, Donald Hammond Jr., the starting quarterback for the Air Force Academy, getting ready for Colgate coming to Falcon Stadium for the season opener this Saturday. All right, when we come back, we're going to start wrapping things up. We've got the Travis Mannion Foundation Honor Roll segment, my favorite segment that we do every single week to honor a fallen service member who has given the ultimate sacrifice for our country. That's coming up next. You won't want to miss it right here on Episode 3 of Guards and Stripes. know i say it often here on the podcast how this is my favorite segment of the show in the travis mannion foundation honor roll and it is and having done this segment every single season and the way we wrap up every single podcast with this segment by remembering our fallen heroes those who have given uh, the ultimate sacrifice and certainly men and women uh, here at home all around the globe putting their lives on the line every single day for us for us and for our freedoms and you know, it's the time to take the step back and not only say thank you and to remember them, uh, but also highlight that the work that their families uh, are doing to continue um, the service of character uh, of their fallen hero. And working with the Travis Manion Foundation, who, as I just mentioned, you know, is is certainly working to strengthen America's national character um, in these local communities all across the country through different uh, acts of service. One of those acts of service right now, you know, organized by the by TMF, is the 9-11 Heroes Run, which you can sign up for online at travismanion.org, a run or a ruck uh, or a virtual run, but they're happening in local communities all across the United States. Um, as the Travis Mannion Foundation just doing incredible work in partnership with so many families, who have lost loved ones. And, you know, as we take the time to, you know, to remember our fallen heroes, we're going to remember a fallen hero today on this segment of the podcast, the TMF Honor Roll. And this one is, it was a 33-year-old member of the United States Navy when he lost his life suddenly at home after retirement, D.J. Jacorin and DJ Jacorin, a native of the Bronx, New York, as I mentioned, was just 33 years old when he suddenly passed away just four months after he retired from the Navy on September the sixth, two thousand fourteen, when he lost his life. And you know, DJ Jacorin, he decided to join the Navy uh, so he could see the world uh, and travel the world on a on a naval vessel, an aircraft carrier. He was a master at arms in the United States Navy, and he was a father. Um, he was a husband, but he was also known as the Travis Manion Foundation helps tell his story uh, of taking his uh, love being a father, but love taking his kids to little free libraries in their neighborhood uh, to read books. And he loved reading with his kids as, as he was born on Halloween. But the Travis Manion Foundation, they state that his top character strength was the love of learning as he's buried at Miramar National Cemetery uh, in San Diego, California. So, you know, it's these times where we take the step back to remember our heroes like J.K. Jick Heron, you know, who may not have lost his life uh, serving, but certainly served our country, uh, which is equally just as important. Uh, unfortunately, um, lost his life just so suddenly um, once he Returned home and had retired from his service in the United States Navy, but you know we never we never forget our fallen heroes. No matter what, no matter if it's one year, uh, one day, uh, ten years, ten days, it doesn't matter. It's always important that we we take this time to remember those heroes who you know keep us safe and you know continue to pr- protect our freedoms across the country. And once again, you know just thank so much with the Travis Manning Foundation for their partnership again this season with our Travis Mannion Foundation honor roll. You can learn a lot more about the Travis Mannion Foundation certainly online at travismanion.org In
0: 2007, Marine First Lieutenant Travis Mannion was killed in Iraq after saving his wounded teammates. Travis's legacy lives on through the words he spoke before his final deployment. If not me, then who? Words that today fuel the spirit of Travis Mannion Foundation. And through TMF, these words can live in you too. Show the world what you're made of because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org.
1: That'll do it for episode three of season three, Yards and Stripes. Again, I'm your host, Price Atkinson. Once again, I want to thank Brent Brighaman, the Air Force beat writer for the Colorado Springs Gazette, also of course, Navy head coach Ken Niamatololo for joining us this week as he was our third head coach. So we talked with coach Munkin first, then coach Troy Calhoun, and then obviously this week coach Niamatololo to preview their team's upcoming season. And of course, kickoff this Saturday in Army's case on Friday night, but just awesome to do this with you all. Every single week, just once again, if you like what we do, give us a rating. We'd love for you to give us a rating on iTunes. Five stars would be awesome. Four, three, whatever you want to do. But your feedback is vitally important uh, to the podcast and what you want to hear, what you like, what you don't like. But it helps others find yards and stripes every single week on Apple Podcasts. Of course, if you're an Android user, you can listen every single week via Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, multiple ways to listen to Yards and Stripes on your favorite podcast apps every single week. But of course, we're going to be back again next week. We'll have a whole lot more working on guest interviews for episode number four is we will have football and we will have results to talk about is all three teams in action. I can't wait to do it again. Again, listen, subscribe, tell a friend. If you you like what we do, once again, subscribe, listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, but tell a friend. Let them know what we do. Uh, Spread the love is just trying to grow listenership every single episode, every single year, every season. But most importantly, thank you to every single person that listens to us every single week. Just thank you so much for making us what we are today and doing this for our third season. Once again, I'm your host, Price Atkinson. Have a great week. Enjoy the games. And I cannot wait to to talk with you all next week about all the action that went down. Have a great week, everybody.
0: To get more on all things Service Academy Football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. And as always, you can subscribe to Yards and Stripes on iTunes and Stitcher. Join us again next time for
2: Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football.